Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Golasso, Italy, Italy, are they the real deal? Well, at this point at Euro 2020, they look like the real deal. Another 3-0 win, this time at the expense of Switzerland. James Ben joins us to discuss Roberto Mancini's side and how good they look and their hopes of maybe reaching the final at Euro 2020. We also discussed Thursday's matches, including Denmark against Belgium, Austria against the Netherlands, and we talked some Copa America. And James Bench, because he's here, will talk about Sergio Ramos and what could possibly be next for him just as he leaves Real Madrid. And also, Emil Smith-Rowe, all the noise that surrounds the Arsenal star. Que golazo begins right now. Everybody, welcome to Kigo Lasso. And with me is James Bench, our very own James Bench. Bench, how are you, my friend? Uh, I'm I'm okay. Um, I had a weird 10 minutes since I just came on this pod. Shall I share the story with you? Yes, please. I want I want to hear it. <laughs> I mean, we're pretending like I haven't had microphone issues just beforehand that mean I'm <laughs> repeating this bit. Um I don't care. I want to hear the story because I haven't heard the story, so I want yeah, to hear I it. I never got that far. Um so, you know, I make cheap jokes on Twitter a lot, more than I should, more than yep. when I should be working. One of which was um, at the expense of former uh, advisor to number 10 Downing Street um, and once the most powerful man in the country, Dominic Cummings, about his substack and how I don't think anyone's going to pay £200 a year to, to read his long blog posts. He did not like that. But he's like, it's very odd because he's, you know, was the most powerful one of the most powerful men in the country, one of the most infamous men in the country, but he's not got a blue tick and he doesn't follow me on Twitter. So it took me ages to find out he'd replied to me. I what mean, did he say? He just said uh, it'll be a while before he adopts the athletics pricing policy of uh, one pound a month or $1 a month or whatever it is they do. Um, please go and check out my chats with leading politicians. I'm hoping to make this into another podcast series to rival. James, them. please don't get kicked out of the UK. And then, you know, uh, please stop getting into fights with, uh, you know, politicians over. Uh, I mean, I agree with you. Nobody's going to read his Substack, but still. <laughs> why is he why doesn't he have a blue tick by the way that's interesting well i mean it's so it's so political isn't it getting the blue tick i don't think uh, many of our listeners won't have blue ticks and you can't imagine how much your life changes I, it I changes completely everybody it changes your life <laughs> it's why he's such a bitter man i would imagine because he hasn't got that blue tick but i, I know people at twitter dom i'll put a word in yeah listen uh let, let's make it happen let's blue tick uh Everybody. Well, for, I was really angry when Roger Miller wasn't getting a blue tick for so long, uh, but it happened, I think, eventually. So thank the Lord for that. Welcome, everybody, to Kegolasso James Bench, of course, here with us. And this is our Euro 2020 episode, but we have plenty more 
including Sergio Ramos leaving Real Madrid and some Emil Smith-Rowe stuff as well as some Copa America stuff. But we begin, James Bench, with Italy. Another 3 nothing win, this time at the expense of Switzerland. They now top their group. They're perfect. They haven't conceded a goal in like 75 years. It's just amazing. Italy, the renaissance uh, under Roberto Marcini, uh, Mancini. How, how do you see this? Uh, talk to me about Italy. I think I'm in love. They are everything you want from an... Because I think part of the joy of an international tournament is when you're a bit meh on a team yeah, and they just blow you out of the water. Uh, we don't get that at club level because things are a bit more of a slow build. And I, you know, you don't see... You see the highlights. Let's be honest. We, we haven't all been watching Italy's path through the Nations League. Maybe we should have seen the signs coming because they topped their Nations League group. They hadn't been conceding in qualifying. But I think we looked at that squad and we thought, you know, there's no superstar striker. The defence is old. The keeper's young. The midfield's good. But is it going to be too slow? Well, I have. I don't think we'll ever know if the midfield's too slow because they never give the ball away. So they never have to chase after it. Maybe there's a teeny fly in the ointment with Giorgio Chiellini. Uh, him picking up an injury, but Insigne has, they all, I'm sure you agree. They just have swagger. They play like they know they're going to win this competition. And I think that's half the battle. Yeah. They're so good. I call them complete uh, to many of the points that you just addressed. You know, they're so well balanced. They're very confident at the back. They have a world club's goalkeeper and Donnarumma. Their midfield is just, you know, like you said, they just, they never give anything and, you know, everything is just ticking. And then Mancini, Fabrizio Romano said something interesting. You know, everybody is under the spell of Mancini. Like they all follow his lead and you can see it. And it's, and it's great to see. Now, the only thing I would say, Bench, and I'm wondering your thoughts on this is they, they, they've played Turkey and they've played Switzerland. I, I want to see what happens when they play a, a tougher nation. What, what, what do you think? I think, I think to, so, so I mean, we'll come on to talk about Turkey. And certainly, they. I feel like they've let let a few of the side down. Uh, certainly, let JJ down. Yeah, and uh, me. Yeah, I feel dark, bad. Yeah, dark, dark horses, but uh, they're good teams. Like I think there is a real skill to playing really good teams off the park. And you know, again, if you, so much of this, you know, I talk about this whenever I come on these Euro twenty twenty pods. It's about how you know. It's about your path through the tournament. England have a horrible one. Italy's is, looks like it might may be quite favorable to them. They might not really need to play a great team until quite late, by which time you've got momentum, um, by which time you may have Chiellini back, we'll see. Um, and I think what they have are the, are the qualities that we see in, champ, in the Champions League, in the Europa League and in league competitions are well suited to success at any level. They have that possession oriented midfield. They've got a really nice one flank that can just devastate any team with that Spinazzola Insigne combination. I can't believe it's odd that they don't play together because they, they seem to have that telepathic understanding where Spinazzola, when Spinazzola cuts in, in on that right foot, Insigne goes wide, yeah. but equally Spinazzola is for a right footer. He's quite comfortable, I think, at holding that wide line. That means Insigne can go wander. Um, and Barella, I think it is as well, pops outside really nicely. So I think by the time we see them get tested, that swagger that we saw might just be at an 11 out of 10. And I mean, you know, I would still put France ahead of them. But increasingly, and I did my power rankings, it was only France ahead of them. And right now I feel like... We're not a million miles away from it saying France and Italy are the best two in the tournament. 
Yep, I think I agree with you. Um, there's not much. I mean, look, when you can do this even without Marco Verratti, it's pretty mm. impressive, you know. And next up for them is Wales, James Benj, a Welsh team that really delivered against Turkey. Gareth Bell and Aaron Ramsey just uh, talk about telepathic relationship. I mean, they were on fire in that one. Talk to me about Wales. Gareth Bale, I don't know what this is. It's not the Gareth Bale we know, but... <laughs> yes, Tottenham fans and Real Madrid fans are so angry, right? I haven't seen this guy. But I mean, credit to Wales for maximising his abilities. He's not really got... He's still got a burst. He's still got quick feet, but he's not fast anymore. But he's got that mind. He has a left foot, which I believe you have to refer to as a wand. Can't call it anything else. Um, and, you know, playing in that sort of free role. It's not yeah. a role that a club team would afford him. Like he's brilliant. I think, I think it was Duncan Alexander that tweeted, um, you know, he made five clear cut chances in this game. No player had ever made five clear cut chances since 1980 in the, which is when the data goes back to in the years. Here's the best bit. No player had ever made four clear cut chances <laughs> at a Euros game that they have the data for like amazing, brilliant. Credit to Aaron Ramsey as well. I think what we're seeing with him is the best of him, just like we saw at Euro 2016. He is probably now a player that is going to be so hampered with injuries that he's a risk at club level. But let's be honest, we know he's had his eyes on this tournament for a while now. Same as Bale. You know, playing for Wales means so much to these players. And on their day, they've proven today they are world class. Yeah, absolutely. The free roll really uh, favors Gareth Bell. It was amazing how much space also he had, uh, you know, to to utilize that uh, from this Turkish side, which once again, we come back to it, everybody. I'm just so angry because this is, I mean, listen, and it's justifiable to me that anybody would say, look, look, watch out for Turkey, watch out for Turkey. They took four points out of France in the qualifiers. You know, they, they beat Netherlands 4-2. They're good. They're good, they but tired, though. they just, they look tired. They look flat. No creativity. I get it. Italy was so good, but it's kind of like they allowed Italy to be so good. And today, the same thing. Uh, just really annoying. <laughs> Some JG and I are both really annoyed, basically. We're really annoyed, Benja, at Turkey, because we really thought they were going to do more. I still think I, oh, them and Switzerland are really underwhelming good teams. Three yeah. point, the challenge right now, and Turkey know this well, like you, three points may well get you through, but it will come down to goal difference. Yeah. And this has taken a bit of a hammering right now. So they're going to need to turn around. I mean, they're going to need to thump Switzerland or hope that a few more teams have, have bad goal difference. I think last time out, Northern Ireland were the bottom of the four teams with and they had three points and a zero goal difference. So, oh, it's hard. I think Turkey may well win that last game, but it, it, it probably, probably won't be enough. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it will be enough. It's too late for Turkey. All right, let's talk about Thursday's matches. Of course, the Ukraine faced North Macedonia, Denmark against Belgium. That's a goodie. And the Netherlands against Austria. Where do you want to go, James Bench? I'll give you a choice here. Where do you want to start with on Thursday's matches? I mean, it's the it's the biggest game. It's really, and you know, it's really tough to talk about, isn't it? To talk about in footballing terms what is going to happen at the Park and Stadium tomorrow. But you know, it's <laughs> there's still games to be played, and it is it is one that I think all of Europe is is waiting for. And I'm sure I, I speak for many others when I say we'd really like. You know, whatever the result, I hope Denmark fans have something to celebrate, some special moments. 
so dispiriting seeing a team that I really, I mean, the, the football side of this is, is relevant in the bigger picture, but of course, you know, there is still football there. And it was really, I, I thought it was really sad just seeing this wonderful team. And I still think they're excellent. Even with, without Ericsson, who is their best player, they, you know, creative pivot, the heart of this team. And, you know, I remember I was saying, you know, they could be, make this, make the semifinals off Ericsson set pieces and their, their strong defense and attack. Yeah. No, they're very good. Yeah. And that might still happen. I, I, I would not write this team off. And Matthias Jensen, he's not been doing it at the same level, but a great playmaker at um, Brentford. I just, yeah, it's, it's I mean, really it's hard. hard. They have to face Belgium, a Belgian side that obviously looks so good. Romelu Lukaku looking excellent. Uh, to your point, things are more important than football, but football does need to be played. Uh, I believe Kasper Schmeichel said a few things to you, or quote, not to you, or maybe to you, I don't know, but he said some good exactly. quotes about uh, collectively trying to get this done for Ericsson himself, right? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the fact that that Christian is seems to be okay, and is in good spirits has, has really helped. I think it sounds like from what they're saying has helped the Danish camp kind of get back towards football. And I know Jimmy was saying, are they going to be in the right mental state for this game? We don't know when we won't know until after the game, yeah. but it's interesting seeing Casper Schmeichel say, you know, actually now we're going to win the tournament for Ericsson. Um, and you, you know, we, we all know that there, I mean, there are a million and one ways in which a group of men, group of women group anyone could react to to this situation and it it doesn't feel impossible that actually you know doing it for a really good friend that that can kind of bring something special out of this danish team look i hope so um i think they're a wonderful team and a team i wish we kind of got to see in, in their entirety um and i still think that you know they do still have in pure footballing terms they do still have a defense that will buckle but won't break against belgium they do still have strong aerial presence um and belgium of course do still have romelu lukaku but also you know an old defense that maybe if you get yeah. a bit of pace running out you might get a bit of joy i i really hope so i yeah. don't want to sound like you know king king of denmark but i would like denmark to win desperately <laughs> well absolutely and listen like i i really love the fire from casper schmeichel just saying we're gonna do this for our boy and who knows who knows? This is, as you said, this was a very good Danish team uh, as they headed into this. And if they can get something, something out of this Belgium game, then anything is possible because their final games against Russia and they can beat Russia. You know, they can make it happen. So and Finland still would have to play Belgium in the last game. So things can go in their favor. I think Kasper Schmeichel's bigger message, I think, even subconsciously is no matter what, we are going to go out there for Christian Eriksen and it will be. A heroic thing and a tremendous thing, and and you know, let's at the very least uh, hope to see some smiles for Danish fans in, in that game. What do you do? You expect anything out? Do you think Denmark can do it? Maybe a point? How do you see it? Yeah, I actually do think they will get a point. I, it's a hard one to read, but you know, I tend to think that these guys are the sort of people who have used adversity and setbacks because they will all have suffered them in their lives and none will be like what's happened with Christian, but they all know how to respond to adversity. So yeah, I think they're going to get a point. Yeah. Well, I want, we'll see yeah. to, to Thursday at uh, 12 PM Eastern should be a good one. Uh, Netherlands also plays Austria. Anything on that one? Uh, Frank De Boer, not our favorite friend here. Okay. Well, so we're kind of tough on him, but what do you make of it? Yeah, against Austria? 
someone in my group chat was going, oh, well, look, that attack's going to win the, you know, they're going to win so many games with it. No. <laughs> I, 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 I think Belgium, I think that, please clip this out when they win the final. I think the Netherlands are a bit rubbish. <laughs> I, I think Austria are sort of a slightly lower level of team that have good result, but look a bit rubbish. Yeah. So that is very much, this, that is very much a derby of, teams that really underwhelmed me despite their results i'm kind of more hyped for ukraine north macedonia because maybe it's just my contrarian ways but i thought ukraine were really really good in that game um and still it was, it was, what, it was the game one of the games of the tournament three two uh and they looked they looked tough for it yeah so i guess north macedonia as well i mean you got you can't help that root for them right uh just uh, such a great story uh but yeah i mean that's also a good game how do you see that one a golf fest uh yeah i think so. i think again because what is victory for north macedonia here probably like every goal they score i think we said yeah, anything yeah. yeah and yeah they're not going I, I think you know teams at that at this level at major tournaments what they tend to do is sort of go well if we concede three but we get one that one is worth it um so i think they tend to be a bit more open um and ukraine have got um lots of good 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 creative players malinovsky i thought had a great game um, and you know, I, I love watching Andrey Yarmolenko. Is if I don't know what the Luis, I'm sure you can explain for American listeners what Primark is um, <laughs> or Primarni, uh, but he's like a Primark Iron Robin cutting in onto his left foot. You know, he's gonna do it. You know, you Primark is like everybody's like, uh, you're uh, I'm trying to think of a clothing store here. Target's a bit even too good, I think, for uh, <laughs> for yeah, it's very like you're buying your kids shorts or whatever, or school uniform that you know, yeah. they're about to grow out of. Yeah. So you're not spending a lot of money on it. No, so he- I heard up. Yeah. That's yeah. But well, I like it though. And I do see that out of Yarmolenko as well. Uh, obviously managed by the tremendously friend of the show, by the way, Andrei Shevchenko as well. One of the first uh, episodes here. Okay. So we'll see what happens in that one. Looking very handsome as well, Andrei. Yeah, I mean, Athletic did a like power ranking of the most stylish managers or something. Who wins? Um, Mancini. I, yeah, I mean, with that Giorgio Armani suit, he has. But to, right? he's not. He's not doing the work there, is he? I think yeah, he true. Luis Enrique looked good. I thought. Cargo trousers, mate. What do you need the pockets for? <laughs> yeah, my wife said exactly the same thing, and she's very. What, what What is in these pockets? I don't know, but it looks good. I mean, I mean, who else? Okay, who else is out there then? Shevchenko looks good. I mean, look. Uh, I know every time I come on this podcast, I just drop some pro English agenda, but Gareth Southgate, nice knitted tie. I love a knitted tie. He, he looks decent. He looks decent. He does. He looks uh, wedding. He's yeah. got a wedding <laughs> yeah. after this game. Yeah. Uh, uh, like somebody that didn't want to go to his cousin's wedding, but has to go, but looks good. Yeah. All right, fine. Yeah, Shevchenko, though. He's winning. No, Shevchenko probably wins. I agree. I agree. All right, everybody. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, James Bench, uh sticking around because we have some uh, transfer news obviously transfer news never stops so come back uh, with us Lasso. we'll be right back this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Welcome back, everybody, to Kigo Lasso here with James Bench, our very own James Bench. Bench, let's begin with Sergio Ramos. Comunicado oficial from Real Madrid. I think Real Madrid fans kind of knew it was coming, obviously. Sergio Ramos leaving Los Blancos is going to be a presser. Maybe even as you're listening or watching this, it's already happening uh, on Thursday. I just, just like Messi in Barcelona, you know, the possibility of an exit. I, the, the idea of Sergio Ramos and no Real Madrid is kind of incredible. Um, talk to me about this exit. You know, what do you think is next for him? What do you think uh, is next for Real Madrid? No Sedan, no Sergio Ramos, uh, yeah, you know, changing of the guard, uh, so to speak. Yeah, I still don't believe it's happening. Um, I still <laughs> won't believe it's happening when he signs for another club. It's real. I think the fact that he's like held this threat at Real Madrid so often yeah. over the past five, 10 years. I'm just like, eh. but until he's done the, what Real Madrid describe as a telematic press conference, which I'm sure is just like my Google translate being bad. They also said an institutional act of tribute, which does make me feel like this is all going to end in them going, no, actually we've given him a 10 year contract. Uh, but I, I, I guess I mean, he better get like a really amazing tribute. I mean, Sedan's exit was terrible. I mean, but, you know, whatever. But Sergio Ramos deserves like a major virtual tribute, don't you think? Oh, definitely. I mean, we all, you know, whenever he was playing against your team or I mean, whenever he was playing most of the time, if you didn't support him, you kind of hated him, but you had to admire him. A wonderful footballer. I I hope he stays around the European game. Um, I can sort of see him maybe going on like a vendetta tour. I'd love it. You know, let's go. Let's go join Poch at PSG. I mean, that would be my gut reaction. I haven't seen much reporting on this. Um, yeah, no match. We got our boy Favre Roman obviously on it. I keep WhatsApping him every five seconds. He's like, "I'll let you know. I'll let you know." But yeah, PSG is one of them. Some people are asking about Sevilla, his first love. I mean, I yeah. doubt. I really doubt that he would do that. But you just never know with Sergio Ramos. Now, go ahead. Considering he wasn't. Uh, willing to sort of take that pay cut at Real Madrid. It does sort of seem <laughs> unlikely that, that Sevilla would be the option for him. I mean, he I probably wants to leave La Liga. Yeah, I would, I would sort of, it's, it's time for new adventures. I believe this is usually the bit where I, a European, am contractually obliged to say the MLS. <laughs> I can't see anyone matching. No, those. not yet. Not That's yet. Waste. Maybe later, but not yet. I would, I think PSG is the top choice. Serie A, perhaps perhaps and the Premier League could be interesting you never know I think he needs to wait for wherever Antonio Conte goes because oh that's a good point yeah these two would be so combustible together yeah it's the end of an era with Sergio Ramos leaving Real Madrid when you tweet us uh pod James Benj on Twitter LMHRI on Twitter uh, what do you think he's going it should be very intriguing in the next couple of weeks for the Spanish center back. All right, another one here. And by the way, this is a piece that you can read on CBS Sports. James Bench, uh, I feel like Villa's trolling Arsenal at this point. <laughs> but uh, Emil Smith-Rowe, uh, obviously uh, originators from the Athletic, uh, David Ornstein, about, um, you know, getting an offer from Villa, obviously rejected $35 million. Uh, naturally, I mean, come on, you got to reject that. That's ridiculous. But... The narrative continues. What's the latest on him? What's going on? Is he staying? Are there more suitors? What, what's up? Right. So, I mean, in terms of that bid, you're not going to like me for saying this, but for me, it didn't seem like a 
power move by Aston Villa so much as telegraphing the possibility that they think Jack Grealish might go this summer because there's no real reason to go for, you know, they're well stocked in those areas, but you know, that's as it is, you know, speaking to people at Arsenal, of course that bid was rejected immediately. I'm told that if Aston Villa had offered triple that money, it would have been rejected immediately. Yeah. Not surprised. Fail. Absolutely not for sale. Uh, the other team that held, hold a particularly strong interest in him and did raise his name in, in dialogue, Real Madrid, who said uh, it, when, when, the, when the name, when, when they were discussing Martin Erdegaard's potential return to Arsenal, uh, asked whether Emile Smith-Rowe could go the other way on a permanent deal. Um, obviously, that's all been reported elsewhere. Kind of one of the stuff, things I wanted to add um, to piece for CBS was why this deal has taken so long. I think it's worth knowing because, it, you know, uh, we talk a lot about these contracts and obviously i think there's a strong expectation especially from arsenal side that he will stay you know they will they'll eventually pay you know what he wants and it should be said they know they know the salary that he wants they have not made an offer to match that yet it's been six months since they initially broached a new contract with smith rose basically in the aftermath of the, his brilliant performance against chelsea they said we want to get you signed to a new deal talks really accelerated around april still no agreement in sight um, Arsenal, like right now, are burning through an awful lot of business. Offer today of forty million pounds for Ben White, rejected by Brighton. I'm told that fifty million may not be enough to get that deal done. So that's a huge investment at a time when you know uh, the view. One might take the view that that why are they not kind of investing in their own homegrown young talent in Smith Rowe? Also working on a deal for Lukonga uh, and uh, that should be uh, one they can do for around twenty million euros. Also working on a lot of outgoings. Granite Xhaka close to Roma. Matteo Guendouzi close to the exit door. Dortmund, it seems, are trying to get in on that at the very last minute. But looks like Marseille there. Dinos Maverick Panos being sold. They've got a boatload more players they'd like to sell. I think there's potentially a risk here that, you, you know, with relatively limited bandwidth, you don't kind of prioritise this Smith Rowe renewal yeah. as you need to. And that's where that's what Villa are thinking. That's what Real Madrid are thinking. Let's try and shake up the situation a little bit here let's see what we can do see if we can convince smith rowe to leave i think that would be really hard he's arsenal through and through um and i'm sure this will end with him signing a new contract but it's just something arsenal don't need right now to be worrying about the future of another one of their star boys yeah now well said well reported and it's true just the noise is not something arsenal need right now they need to focus on preparations for the summer and of course 2021-2022 season and you know the bid from Villa was a joke I I, I obviously I'm going to give my Villa advice and I don't think it was because of the Grealish thing I think you know hearing some murmurs from folks like Ashley Priest and stuff that you know it, it's more about the intention of the ownership of Villa but that that offer was a joke like it, it was mm. never going to be completely regarded so it is interesting to see but regardless to your point about Arsenal I don't I don't think it's something that they need right now so the quicker that contract is signed uh the better anything else to add from that by the way anything else that's going on around specifically the premier league arsenal or anyone else premier league fixtures have dropped today that's yeah, they exciting did. news um yeah. every team will play every other team home and away between august and may there's a couple of horrible run i mean everyone has horrible runs there's like 10 really good te- i mean i one thing when i was looking at it for my team I'm sure you're the same, Luis. I was like, oh, God, there are about four runs there where a manager could lose their job. And I think when you look at other teams' fixtures, it's the exact same. Yeah. 
No, I, yeah, it's true. So in a way, they were very, uh, you know, uh, they were very fair, <laughs> the Premier League fixtures to everybody. Uh, yeah, Vela's away at Watford to start the season, home into Newcastle. Who's Arsenal got in the first weekend? Brentford away. I mean, the big one, though, that's Man United Leeds, isn't it? Yeah. Could be, is that at? I can't remember which one that's at, but whichever ground could be full capacity. Uh, difficult to know at the moment. And but. if that's Leeds United or Old Trafford, actually, should be should be really interesting. Tottenham uh, host Man City, I think, opening weekend as well. That should be intriguing. Harry Kane back at his home ground. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Kane will be part of that game in one way or another. Uh, we, we will see what happens. James Bench, always a pleasure, my friend. Final thoughts before you say goodbye. Anything that you want to say? Did you annoy any more politicians before uh, the end of this taping? No, but you know what? We have completely forgotten to talk about Finland, Russia. Oh, go on then. Talk to me about Finland, Russia. I've got nothing to say about Finland, Russia. <laughs> <laughs> Pookie doesn't look 100% fit. I'll, t- I'll just tell you that. And uh, Norwich fans will be a little angry and hope that he comes back at least ready for preseason, especially I, in the Premier League. I spent quite a lot of time, you know, the game Street Fighter, not Street Fighter. There is no Mortal Kombat. Of course. Where, where it ends with finish him. Yep. And the Poi Palo goal goes in and I'm like, <laughs> I reckon I could meme that with a little bit of finish him. <laughs> did you do it? I did, VAR. Ah. Uh. I th- everyone ah. says the tournament, the referees are having a worldie, but they did mean no favors. Oh, that's right, because it was one. Of, it was very early on, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. VAR got in the way. God, God, that is true. Well, we did talk Finland Russian, so if you're Finnish and you're listening to this, uh, don't say that we didn't talk about that game. So there you have it, James Bench. Thank you so much, my friend. Uh, after this break, everybody, we got Copa America, a little bit of context because Thursday as well has Copa America because if you didn't think you needed enough more football, well, we have it. But James Bench, thank you so much, bud. Cheers. Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Hey everybody, welcome back to Kigo Lasso. This is your Copa America segment for Thursday and it's Group A action as Colombia takes over and faces Venezuela at 5 p.m. Eastern while Peru, my Peru, face the host Brazil at 8 p.m. Eastern. As I mentioned, this is Group A action and just a little bit about the table. Brazil leads that group with three points, Colombia with three points, as well, but Brazil have a better goal difference. Peru haven't played yet, so this is their first game after arriving to Brazil earlier in the week and Venezuela in last place as well. And I would imagine that both these games are going to be intriguing to say the least. Brazil, of course, are the favorites against Peru, but you know, Peru coming in with a rotated squad under Ricardo Gareca, we'll see what Santiago Ormeño, the Mexican Peruvian striker, his first stint with the Peruvian national team, they can do. Of course, Peru Brazil was the final in 2019 Copa America where Brazil won as well. And on the other side, Colombia, Venezuela. Well, Venezuela uh, has been, uh, you know, affected tremendously by COVID. A lot of players, including 16 people within their group, uh, were tested positive for COVID. Uh, you know, a lot of them were players as well. It's been a very, very difficult time for Venezuela to get anything going in Copa America. So you would imagine that Colombia will take care of business in this one. Um, so, you know, stay tuned for that one. Copa America, 5 p.m. Eastern, Colombia, Venezuela, 8 p.m. Eastern for Peru, Brazil. 
everybody, I want to thank James Bench for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Pod. We are also on Apple Podcasts. Please leave a five-star rating and review. We love to get those so we can grow this family of ours. If you're watching this on YouTube, you already know we're on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Lasso. Please subscribe and spread the word because that's another place where you can watch all the videos, et cetera, et cetera. We're on cbsports.com, your CBS Sports app. Have a great, great rest of your day. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.